0: From the brilliant minds of Hipster at Home, you're listening to We Should Start a Band, a podcast about the trials and tribulations of being suitably hipster. Hello and welcome back to We Should Start a Band, a podcast from Hipster at Home. Today, we're going to be tackling the subject of home bar essentials. I'm Heritage Avocado Toast, and today I'm joined by...
1: Cold Brew Kombucha... And Retro Denim Jacket.
0: We'll have some tipsy tips for you in just a moment.
1: (laughs) Please pause for our sponsor.
0: (laughs) We have none. Um, We also have no follow-ups from the previous episode that we can remember.
2: (laughs) As often happens when you drink.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One of these days, we'll get our (laughs) stuff together.
2: Well,
0: I think the first thing you need Uh is simply a large flat surface upon which to have the bar. I mean, otherwise... You're just disappearing into the kitchen and coming back with a mysterious liquid in a a cup. That seems suspicious. (laughs) Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does. Most guests would rather not be drugged. Yeah. Top hosting tip. (laughs) (laughs) Don't
2: make your guests question you. Your guests would like to know what you're serving them. It seems important.
0: The filter is doing like a weird magic eye thing. I can't focus (laughs) past it. (laughs) Like, my vision is so blurry. I can't.
2: You're not supposed to stare at it.
0: Well, it's, it's the reaction <laughs> with the background or whatever.
2: Real quick before we saddle up to the bar. Uh, Isn't it, is it si- sidle Sidle. Up? It is. Real quick before we saddle up to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably be cutting that. <laughs> Why? It's delightful. <laughs> What's everyone drinking tonight?
1: <laughs> i am currently consuming a sauv blanc from i can't remember the vineyard but it's quite tasty
0: oh yeah that's the famous vineyard
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yes we could probably follow it up with whatever vineyard in the next podcast
0: oh yeah add that to the follow-ups list
1: yeah i can follow up on that It's one of the chairman's preferred. And uh, for those of us that don't live in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania has very weird, weird liquor laws. And so as part of that, they go around and buy huge cases of alcohol that they like and put it at a discount in the state stores. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm.
0: I thought you were going to say Pennsylvania has strange vineyards.
1: I don't know if it has
0: vineyards. I wouldn't imagine. Uh,
2: no, I think they have a couple, because I think I've had a wine that's a Pennsylvania wine.
0: But is it the same way that they have zoos outside of Philadelphia? Because those are just llamas in pens in the in the hills.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I'm drinking a Japanese whiskey, Tenjaku, that I have purchased because it was on sale, and I love Japanese whiskey. And it's very good, very smooth. 10 out of 10,
1: Japanese whiskey is delicious.
0: Very good. And what's nice in Japan is you can just go to like a 7-Eleven store and get cans of whiskey and soda or whiskey and cola. It's cheap. You're not getting the high quality stuff and it's still delicious.
1: That sounds very, very tasty. Yes.
0: Especially on Halloween.
1: (laughs) And what are you drinking?
0: Drinking John Denver juice. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm drinking uh, Sierra Nevada, which is probably not the Rockies. Maybe we should follow up with that.
1: I don't think it is, but... (laughs) Research department!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, they're all mountains.
1: There we go. That's... I like that answer.
0: I decided to go something just kind of mild and basic, but it's just generally tasty. I think it gets a bit of a bad rap, especially over here with all the specialty beers and the trends now. There's nothing wrong with just a basic, basic ale, basic lager.
2: Yeah. And if you're going for something not basic, Retro Genome Jacket has some thoughts on that.
1: What would you need in your
2: bar if you were going to be having a cocktail?
1: Oh, just off. Just basic, basic, basic is a cocktail shaker. Hold on, hold on. I have
0: to. Re- I have to climb back up on the cliff we just jumped off with that segue. I don't
1: know. Well, okay. <laughs> to be fair, I did not see the outline, so that's my bad.
0: <laughs> outline? Is an outline?
1: Yeah. There's an outline. Oh, halo! Hey, I missed it completely. <laughs> well, I. I it wasn't in my view when I pulled up my... Yeah, we can we can start over. We can re-kick this off.
0: Not doing the intro again.
1: No, no. Wait, wait. I don't know.
2: I feel like there's no good entryway. I mean, I, I thought well, I was you- okay with that entrance, but
1: apparently no. Apparently we all needed a, a parachute was to get I super confused what was happening. <laughs> I got it. I feel like I jumped in okay. Not great, but okay. I didn't land on the face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize we were... I was... Really confused. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mommy this thing when I would talk, where we would say something that apparently was so off topic that she would pretend to get whiplash. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you—I don't. Know, you could you could say something <laughs> like heritage avocado toast. Why don't you kick us off?
2: Okay, that's fine. So heritage avocado toast. Why don't you kick us off?
0: Well, I think the most essential part of your bar is simply having a space, a nice flat space preferably, for your bar, where all the pomp and circumstance of you making the drinks can be seen and appreciated.
2: I do agree that I think a good space where you will probably keep your key essential, alcohols, we'll talk more in depth on different alcohols in future podcasts, so remember to follow. Mm -hmm. But storage is important, and I do think that you'll have a couple of key things, you know, just key gin, vodka, rum, Bourbon, whiskey, whatever those
1: are. Spoiler alert. Well, just saying what, we'll, what we will be covering in the future. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yes. I mean, even if you do like to have it out and about, you still need a flat surface on which to display it. And on which to work. Mm-hmm. And something that washes easily, don't put your table runners or your tablecloths on top of that. It's going to get wrecked.
2: Yeah. No matter how hard you try, even if you don't spill, you're going to get that little bit of runoff on a bottle and that's going to collect down at the bottom and you're going to end up with some sort of ring. And you'll also probably want some sort of space shelving or cabinets for keeping kit.
0: Yeah, perfectly below or above. I know that sounds silly, but you either want it to be hidden below and it just sort of appears, or you want it above where everyone can see it.
1: It's either a display or put it away. Yes. Well, and depending on where the bar is, you don't want to leave your alcohols out in the sunlight all the time. And
2: some sort of space for, I don't know about you guys, but sort of the fancier things that you're Not reaching for as much, or depending on who's in your house, you don't necessarily want easily accessible to small hands or easily knocked over by cats or dogs. Yeah. Destructive dog tails are definitely a thing. So somewhere where you can put those things away is handy.
1: Yeah. uh, There's certain things that you just don't use regularly, like where it's just a small something that you add to a drink. It doesn't get used all the time. Or like a banana creme. Yeah.
0: I make all my drinks with banana creme.
1: Live your best life. (laughs) I
0: like banana flavored runts as well.
2: Do you make a lot of drinks with banana flavored runts?
0: No, only creme. Oh. (laughs) Don't be silly.
2: (laughs) Business idea. (laughs) So outside of alcohols, there's quite a few things that I think we would consider essential to having a decent home bar for parties or hosting.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Okay. I think the most essential thing in any home bar that everyone should have is a cocktail shaker. It's true. Now, there are different types of cocktail shakers out there.
2: What are the differences? Well, I don't know the official names of all of them. But you have the classic in the bar cocktail shakers where it's the two glasses that sort of fit together. Mm-hmm. I actually find those much easier to use. We will need a separate strainer for that type of cocktail shaker, but it tends to not get as messy and they're easier to separate. Now, the type that I have has the main compartment and then a lid with a strainer built in that fits over top and then a small cap to fit into the strainer. The problem with that is that it gets stuck a lot easier than the two glasses fitting together, Mm -hmm. which is just such a pain when you're trying to be real slick about making your cocktails. (laughs) And the little cap kind of leaks a bit. So the whole thing just kind of gets sticky as the night goes on.
0: So the research department has done some, some quick math on the subject. I believe what you're describing is called a cobbler shaker.
2: Yes, there we go. That's the right has photo. Which
0: kind of a basin cup, a lid with the strainer, and then a cap to that lid. There's also then the Boston shaker, which is what you more often see at bars and fanciful restaurants, where they've got like a metal cup and then a glass one that fits inside it. That's more fanciful though, isn't it? Because you can put the two together and they do that smack against the glass
1: that is satisfying
0: and then there's the french or parisian shaker which is up and coming hard to find so we're not going to talk about
2: it does that mean we need to test it oh now i'm curious about it there is another type of shaker that you rarely ever see anymore and that's the american cocktail shaker and it actually looks like a tall coffee urn oh so it'll have a handle and it'll have a spout with a plug in it and then a lid sounds like a watering can it does
1: look yeah actually it's like an alcoholic watering can. Oh yes I have seen that now that you said watering can that that makes sense. Yes. And those are
2: much harder to find because they've kind of gone out of fashion. I'm not entirely sure when they went out of fashion. They were quite popular, I think, just after Prohibition was lifted because cocktails really came into existence during Prohibition. But they're now more likely to be seen in museums, antique shops, or decorative in cabinets. I do love me some decorative bits and bobs in a cabinet. Yes. I do have to admit, we have an American cocktail shaker, but I've never used it. I keep it as a decorative
1: thing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that needs to be an article or a blog or a blog moment. Yes, I think that will be.
0: I've just realized what you're referring to.
1: But once you've moved
2: past the cocktail shaker, there's lots of other tools and bits of kit that help you to make an even better cocktail. And really see it as an investment. I know a lot of people look at cocktail kit as a frivolous thing that they don't really need. But when you think about how expensive cocktails are and think about you could be making those at home, you could have your friends over for a game night or for a dinner party or just a barbecue, and you could be making delicious cocktails for a fraction of the price. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people think about like investing in that stuff as far as a beer, like when you have at home versus one you would buy at a bar, but not too many people think about a cocktail that way, which it should be considered.
2: And really, you can make a lot of cocktails just off of a few ingredients. So another key thing to have in your bar is a recipe book mm-hmm. or access to some sort of recipe blog, which we do have the Libation Library on our blog, Shameless Plug. That we do! <laughs>
0: We do. Just so all three of us are in agreement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it tends to have reviews and things like that, but also recipes. And we did do a great series. Well, I thought it was great because I got to drink them all of Christmas cocktails. Those were tasty.
1: Well, and a recipe book is one of those things that you need, especially at the beginning, because you need to understand ratios Before you can go all out and go crazy. Oh, true. During quarantine, my dad took it upon himself to do a cocktail a day as his creative outlet. And so it started with him trying stuff and doing a little tweak and ended up getting crazy where he was just like, oh, yeah, it needs to be a third of this, a shot of this and a third of this and we're good to go. And I was like, okay. They were all delicious.
2: But that is true. Once you start to get comfortable with things, you can start to change it up. So you can take a cocktail that you kind of like but isn't your favorite and change the flavors a little bit, tweak it here and there, or just create a whole new one once you have a good understanding. Mm -hmm. And you can always find some strange ones too. So for instance, I've got the Gin Austin cocktail book, (laughs) which... Is what it sounds like is a Jane Austen themed cocktail book. A lot of the cocktail recipes have Jane Austen themes as the names, but they're standard cocktails. So there's some really fun cocktail books out there. And they're also a conversation piece.
0: They have one called the Bloody Darcy instead of a Bloody Mary.
2: I don't don't know. The research department might have to get up and go get the book.
0: Oh, that's terribly far away from the microphone.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Do you remember when the zombie Pride and Prejudice came out? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. That's what that reminds me of. Like, I feel like it would need a cocktail in there just specifically for that very, very terrible movie. Oh, they should do like a spinoff
2: of the Jen Austin one. Zombie is a cocktail. It is. It is. A very delicious one. And dangerous as well. That too.
0: Well, I I think the best starter cocktail for the novice is probably a nice mixture of Laddie and Red Kool-Aid.
2: Mm-hmm. Anyway, (laughs) if you're making cocktails, you're also going to need other tools. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just very concerned. <laughs> Every college student's gotta yeah, start somewhere. You should somewhere. be very concerned.
0: <laughs> the turpentine flavor is not so bad, really. My gosh. Anyway, I'm not saying it's a fancy vodka. Just shaking my head. <laughs> it's it's
2: really it's did really bad. Do
0: you guys have new skin growing up? Yeah, I think you call it moleskin. It mm-hmm. comes in a liquid bottle, and you you paint it on your like. No, that's cut. new
2: skin, moleskin, something okay. else.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have had new skin. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's what Vladi tastes like. You've eaten? No, the smell. Ew. It's like you know how suntan lotion tastes just because you smelled it.
2: I can tell you it does not taste the way it smells. What? No, it doesn't. Suntan lotion.
0: Oh, well.
2: (laughs) We do not condone eating things that are not food. But if you've decided to move beyond the frat house cocktails, you're probably going to want something like muddlers. If you want to get very fancy, you can get yourself a gone out of my head. What is that thing that's green? Used to be Mm -hmm. made out of um, wormwood. Absinthe. Mm. An absinthe spoon.
1: As every good hipster
2: has. It is lots of fun.
1: Well, the thing that's interesting to me is that the basic things in your kitchen, like a knife, a spoon and a fork, are so integral to using in your bar as well. Yes. Because I was thinking about a good margarita which of course is fresh squeezed lime juice. And you don't have to have one of those juicers with the prongs on it. You could just use a fork, squeeze and rotate the fork and you're juicing a lime without spending the extra money.
2: We don't have a juicer. We tend to use a fork. Mm -hmm. You get more of the pulp. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. Which I think really adds because I like having that bit of bite from the pulp. Mm -hmm. And you're definitely going to want a paring knife and a peeler, actually. Mm -hmm. And zester, those are really good for, you know, an old-fashioned. And actually, you want to fancy up your gin and tonic, Mm -hmm. get a cucumber and a peeler, and peel yourself off a strip of cucumber. Roll that up, put it in your gin and tonic. Now you look like a fancy person.
1: (laughs) I mean, make it fancy. Shameless plug for somebody else's (laughs) show that we really like. (laughs) We do. We do. But yeah, I mean, the importance of a cocktail with something that's in your face is integral to the tasting experience, because a lot of what you taste is smell. Yeah. So if you have that orange peel, if you have that cucumber, you're going to get that in the taste of the cocktail as well.
2: Very true. Just quickly throwing back to measuring, measuring things, shot glasses, jiggers, Mm -hmm. anything like that, make sure you have them. The more you drink, eyeballing it gets more dangerous. And also when you aren't entirely sure or your glassware is a little bit strange, you Your measurements are more off than you think they are. So, you know, nothing wrong with measuring. Yeah. Don't uh, send your guests back trashed. Or hand them something that should taste good, but tastes a little bit off because you just put too much of something in there.
1: Well, and it's intriguing because one of the bar secrets, I was watching a show at one point, I have no idea what it was, but a cocktail waitress or a barista. Oh my God. Why can't I? Bartender. Bartender. <laughs> thank you. That's the word. The bartender used a straw, stuck it in the cocktail, pulled it out with her finger on it to be able to taste a little bit of it without getting anything messy or putting germs on anything. hope yes. she's
0: using long life reusable straws.
1: Yes. I know that a lot of people poo-pooed
2: them for a while, but you will find yourself using them far more than you think. So get yourself a set.
1: Mm-hmm. And they're not particularly difficult to clean. Like, I know that's the one problem everyone seems to think is an issue, and it's really not that hard. No, most
2: reusable straw kits come with a cleaner. Mm -hmm. But also, as long as you are rinsing them quickly, so not a lot of stuff gets stuck in them. And if you've got a dishwasher, they can go in the dishwasher quite easily, if you've got got the metal ones. And just do
1: them the way you would do silverware. Mm -hmm. You're helping the environment as well. Uh, not only are they easy and you don't have to keep buying anything, but also sustainable. Yeah. I have
0: a counterpoint oh. from several minutes ago.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I don't like it so much when they rub like the orange peel on the edge of the glass. I like the scent it gives the, gla- the drink. But when your lips touch it, you get that bitter, almost like allergic reaction feeling on your lips. Mm. I don't care for that.
2: Now, are you okay with the ones where they twist it and you get the sort of spray mist?
0: No. Same effect.
2: Over top of the drink? Because
0: they're just misting the, the oils from the skin straight onto the glass.
2: But what if it's done over top the drink?
0: That's less likely to cause okay. offense. I love the smell, but it does weird things to my lips.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Now, what are your feelings on salt rims? Fine. And sugar rims?
0: Uh... Less fine, but I'm more of a salt guy.
2: So it's more just
1: the citrus oils? Yeah,
0: it's the oils reacting with the... Mm. Like, if you just take your lips and... Well, if you bite into an orange without peeling it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: That definitely is a... It's a taste. (laughs) Like, sometimes when you don't peel it enough and you're eating the outside, like, you get that kind of harshness. Yeah. Yeah, that pithy... Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I would still advise that if you're looking to up your barista game... (laughs)
1: i don't know if that's gonna make it in never gonna live this down
0: (laughs) but if you're if you're looking to up your bartender game i do advocate using it because it is very fancy and it does make the drink more enjoyable on the whole
2: one of the great things about having your own bar making your cocktails at home is that you can tailor it to an individual taste Mm -hmm. so i personally like the twists of orange peel and things But Heritage Avocado Toast doesn't need to have the cocktail made that way if we're making it ourselves.
0: What if we rubbed banana peel?
2: Oh, no, 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 no. Banana peel, that's got that, like, mm, uh, makes your mouth feel like it's getting stuck together in a sort of dry way. I can't even describe it.
0: I just like banana.
1: It's like peanut butter, like eating peanut butter all by itself, where your mouth just kind of sticks together and feels a little fuzzy, almost. Yeah, yeah.
0: See, I don't struggle with that. With Which is funny butter. because
2: I like not ripe bananas. Same. Yeah. But if there's like just a little bit of peel left on that, no, no, no.
0: Are you talking about the the white pith
2: mm-hmm. on the inside?
0: Oh no, I was talking like, what if we just like twisted the the peel?
2: Yeah, but wouldn't you get the same thing? You would get, it's the sort of the way you get the pithy bit of the Well, I'm
0: not orange. sure there's enough oil in the banana. I'm not sure
2: there really is.
0: It was more just a, a, a pun on, on the fact that it's now established canon that I like banana. Yeah, you like
2: banana. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, you also like <laughs> apple a lot in your cocktails, but apparently you don't like apple mm-hmm. peel.
0: That's very true. That's very true. Don't you dare rub my rim <laughs> with, the, with the apple peel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> As just a side note. You know what's like super tasty? applejack. It's a very underrated alcohol.
0: I had a Jack Daniels apple-y thing once, but I don't think I've had Apple Jack. But I probably would like It's it. very good. It's very good. I like pretty much anything. Apple, banana, orange.
2: Yeah, That's I don't mind apple fruit things. basket jam. Art- like artificial apple, I don't mind. Artificial banana, I'm not as keen on. Mm-hmm. Same. And mm-hmm. artificial orange, I can't do.
0: I actually think the orange peel effect would go very nicely with Sierra Nevada,
2: actually. There's quite a lot of beers that are served mm-hmm. with orange peel, yes. Mm-hmm. Blue Moon.
1: Yeah. It's like in all of their marketing. Oh, that's true. I always forget about that. Um, Hogarton?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Watch your mouth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of of misting things, I will throw an obscure cocktail tool out there, and that is an atomizer.
1: Oh, we fancy now. (laughs) So fancy. All right.
0: Don't they only have atomizers in CERN?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, an, an atomizer is... One of those tools that some people would argue is a necessity, if you are a hardcore martini drinker, you may argue that it is, Mm. but I think it's just one of those ones that helps you up your sort of hipster game when it comes to a bar. You don't necessarily need it, but if you're pulling that out at a party, ooh, you're an impressive person.
0: You are. You spray people on the way in, like when you go into a department store. No, it's
2: not Bloomingdale's.
0: Hello, with like some plaid?
2: <laughs> Sorry, I'm still quite I'm still quite scarred from from my childhood. Well, it's um, difficult
0: because a lot of people have reactions to perfumes it's and soaps true. and Bed Bath and Beyond. Anything that is heavily scented is wonderful for lots of the population, but for lots of the rest, it's difficult to walk into
1: the store. It's one of those things that, like, I don't love having masks. They're not fun. But for certain things like going into Super Smelly's doors, staving off colds, they are quite useful. I will say this. I have
2: found that there are a lot of people out there whose perfume can penetrate a mask so hard. Oh, no. Yeah. I was going to make a really inappropriate joke. Oh, no. And uh, I'm going to refrain. But Yeah. I've had quite a few incidents where somebody's had a a strong strong perfume, and it's basically gotten stuck in my mask. Oh dear!
0: That's like the opposite of what's supposed to do for germs, or it's supposed to prevent them from getting out. This is the perfume getting in. You know, in.
2: you know how if you're around somebody who smells quite strong, good or bad, and it kind of permeates your clothing, and you kind of get s- mm-hmm. stuck in it. Yep.
0: Yeah, spend time with your brothers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so much axe body spray (laughs) yeah Um, mostly the one brother (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) he knows who he is and he knows what he's done (laughs) but it's sort of like that that's that's how i've been experiencing perfume lately and at first i was really excited because it's like great you know i have allergic reactions to perfume this will be great but it's like people have started to try to compensate Mm -hmm. oh all these people around me are wearing masks so I must bathe in my perfume now.
1: Well, to be fair, if you're in quarantine and not showering, I'm pretty sure that's what you need to do to get to the grocery store. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no
0: shirt, no shoes, no mask, yeah. no perfume. Hey,
2: I'm, I'm, just, I'm just banking on the fact that everyone's wearing a mask.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but maybe then they can't smell how much they have on, so they have to keep quiet. No, there is it.
2: actually a thing, though, where when you've been wearing – a perfume for so long. You do continue to put on more and more and increase the amount you use because you lose the ability to smell it. Oh. So if you have been wearing the same cuz a lot of people do this whole signature scent thing and part of the reason you're supposed to change it up is because you will start to become overpowering because you can't tell that you're wearing as much as you are. And so it's also a good thing to just ask somebody else every once in a while, especially if it is a scent that you you know, you absolutely love and you wear it all the time. But the other thing is, a lot of times you wear it for you. And if you've started to lose the ability to smell it, then change it up. Mm -hmm. Find something else you love, find a new perfume and try that.
1: And I kind of like to
2: do it seasonally.
1: Yeah, I just don't love a musky scent in the summer. It just doesn't feel as nice. What you
2: like in the summer is going to be very different from what you like in the winter. I've got a very sort of piney one that I really like around Christmas, but I'm sure as hell not going to wear that in
1: July. I'm sorry. I'm just having flashbacks of that body wash with the pine. Oh, oh, (laughs) no. Oh, sorry. No, mint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smelled great. Felt awful. Oh, that was terrible. Minty fresh. So bad.
2: Yeah. There are places on you that should not be minty fresh.
1: Let's just put that out there (laughs) and leave it at that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have actually had evergreen beer before. Oh, they make a evergreen beer around here because that's what George Washington drank when they were stuck in Valley Forge, which probably should tell you a lot about why it shouldn't exist still, <laughs> and it does taste like kissing a pine tree. Wasn't there um that
0: Sounds delicious.
1: Oh, I can't think
2: of who the author was. The guy who was a survivalist or whatever wrote about all the different ways you can use a pine
1: tree. And didn't they make, like, tea out of pine bark? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that exists. Or maybe
0: the needles like nettle tea.
1: I figure if you can make dandelion tea, it can't be that much of a stretch to make it out of pine tree. Well, if you think about it, you know... That's true. Birch.
2: Oh, wow. I've managed to bring it back in again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Someone get this open some birch wine. Quickly. Anyway, so
2: (laughs) (laughs) getting back to cocktails, we've moved on from the atomizer. We're back in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. A lot of people discount what they already have in stock in their kitchen. Yeah. Water, ice, basics, sugar. Simple syrup is one of those key things that is called for in a lot of cocktails. And you can make that
1: yourself. It's so easy.
2: I forget the exact ratio. We'll drop it in the description or something or on the post.
1: Dodge that. Update next episode. I was going to ask you, how do you make
2: it? The other great thing about making your own simple syrup is that you can make flavored ones. Yes. So if you have some herbs in your garden that you really like, you can make an herb flavored simple syrup. I have a mint obsession. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, and I'm sure I'll mention it again. I tend to get any type of mint I find. So I've had chocolate mint, ginger mint, uh, lemon mint. Lemon mint is delicious. They actually make a strawberry mint as well, which Mm. I haven't grown because I ran out of pots last year. But they make amazing simple syrups. Basically, you make up a simple syrup like you would, which you do have to do over the stove. Yeah. Boil the herbs in it for about 10 minutes, and then you take it off the heat, let it cool with the herbs in it. Once it's fully cool, take the herbs out so that you don't have, you know, stems and bits of
1: leaf. Stick it in the fridge and you're good to go. And I don't think we've clarified this yet. But the reason simple syrup is so easy is is that it is just water and sugar. There's a ratio, but it is straight out just water and sugar.
2: You can pay a lot of money in the store for a bottle of it. I think it's a waste make it yourself. Mm -hmm. And also, if something calls for simple syrup, and you haven't had the time to make it, and you're in a pinch, you can actually do it yourself by just putting sugar and warm water into a glass and mixing it around.
1: And if you have other kind of syrups in your house, like I've used agave syrup, I've used pomegranate and fig syrup as a instead of simple syrup, because I just didn't have it with me. Also, some things taste better with agave.
2: If you're doing an old-fashioned, instead of a simple syrup, doing it with maple syrup Mm. adds an extra element.
0: Yeah, maple syrup's pretty good.
1: Tell us all about your great love of maple syrup.
0: (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) They're different numbers or letter grades.
1: Letter grades. Maple number five. (laughs) I'm not going to sing that. just, that'll end so poorly.
2: (laughs) Speaking of, of herbs, is herbs. Yes. Herbs, (laughs) Herbs—they're
1: a- <laughs>
0: not just for your roast; they're also good for your toast. <laughs> Clink.
2: <laughs> well, you were just up and huh? you were just up on the roof earlier today.
0: I didn't find any maple syrup on the roof.
2: No, but you were getting herbs.
0: I yes, I got some thyme and some rosemary,
1: and it's a simple thing to have. And as far as using stuff, if you're muddling it or putting it in a cocktail, it does not have to be the pretty stuff. No, no one's going to stare at your mint that you've muddled. If you're garnishing it, then you're going to use, as my dad would say, the sexy mint. Yeah. Which is the good stuff that looks very pretty. But for regular stuff, it doesn't matter how it looks.
2: My parents would make mint juleps, and they would go to the garden and get mint, and they would take out usually the top of the mint, because that's the prettier. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole point of muddling it is you're bruising it, and you're releasing those oils. So if it's already a little bit beat up, who cares? Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there's some research that suggests recently that plants can feel pain.
2: Next time I muddle
1: up a cocktail, I'm going to scream along with them. Oh, my God. Please. Oh, no. Okay. That took a turn.
0: Well, I think it's had several turns.
2: (laughs) All right. Moving on. Um, It's also, I think, just to point out that when we talk about any of the kit or ingredients... You don't have to just be making alcoholic cocktails. Mm -hmm. All of these things are also very good for if
1: you're making non-alcoholic cocktails or just want to jazz up your juice. I love a good mocktail. I remember growing up and drinking transfusions, which was Sprite and grape juice, and I felt so fancy. But they were delicious. It was like a better version of a Shirley Temple. It was delicious. Oh, I love a Shirley Temple. I know, me too. Never I used
2: to... Oh, they were like my drink of choice growing up. Every time I we went to Grandma and Grandpa's, I was getting Shirley Temple. <laughs> or when we went out to dinner with Grandma and Grandpa, I would order a Shirley Temple. And the more cherries, the better.
1: I'm not a maraschino cherry person, but Shirley Temples are delicious.
2: I could eat maraschino cherries straight out of the jar. Yeah, I have eaten maraschino cherries straight out of the jar.
0: Speaking of syrups, maraschino cherry syrup from oh. the from the jar is a great way to add that simple syrup effect to your drink. That's true. A cherry, bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't waste it. You got. You could either use it in your mixed drink or just mainline it.
2: <laughs> and then go fuzzy the hummingbird for the rest of the. <laughs>
1: Get it in my mouth. Yeah, no.
2: <laughs> but that is true. I do like to throw a bit of maraschino cherry syrup into drinks. And it's not heavily cherry. Mm-hmm.
0: No, just enough.
2: Just enough. There's probably
0: some drinks that blueberry syrup would probably go nicely in as well.
2: Ooh, yeah.
0: Like a pancake-based or themed drink with syrup and butter yes. and... oh. Maybe a little mini pancake on the side. Do
1: we need to do a brunch-based drink menu? Hey, I think we might need to. Yeah,
0: you put a pan- a mini pancake on the edge of the glass <laughs> like it's the orange slice. Bam!
2: Speaking of pancake-themed drinks, we purchased a beer today that I have purchased to make into a cake, but obviously I don't need all of it for the cake, mm-hmm. so we're going to test it, but it's supposed to be pancakes and maple syrup
1: milk stout. Oh my god. You've found the perfect beer for me, and I'm not there? And I don't even like beer. I feel so gypped. We haven't tried it but yet. But I'm
2: going to film myself drinking it and send it to you. Slowly. Mm.
1: I'm feeling a lot of resentment right now. You know who would
2: really like this? Retro denim jacket would really like this. Make
0: sure it's boomeranged.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she would. <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think we should move on to our next...
1: Yeah,
2: so let's move topic. on to our next point.
0: <laughs> you, you always giggle whenever it's like reading off the outline. Let's move <laughs> on to our next point.
1: <laughs> because I find it funny. So we're going to talk Wait, about... Can we just appreciate for a hot second this blurs? That's fantastic. Bl- <laughs> oh, God, your wine is gone.
0: Blurred Sav. <laughs> the name of our debut what album? What
2: kind of... What go- <laughs>
1: What inappropriate drink are you drinking there? Oh don't no! Don't look at it. She's naked. <laughs> um, anyway,
2: <laughs> talking about mixers, and I don't mean the high school dance kind. But, um,
0: We didn't call them mixers, we called them awkward fests.
2: <laughs> Is that what you call them? <laughs> Please come to the spring awkward
1: fest?
0: Yeah, where the girls stand on one side of the gymnasium and the boys stand on the other side and nothing happens. And they play music, that's the wrong date.
1: (laughs) See, the problem with that is I'm that person that if if there is music on, I can not not dance. See, our school dances, usually the girls were dancing, and the boys
2: were either standing there because they were too cool to dance. Mm -hmm. And I do partially blame what was considered dancing at the time.
1: There's only so much pogoing you can watch before you just start shaking your head and questioning your decisions
2: well yeah and like the whole idea of coming up and i did it too but coming up with stupid dance moves you know the lawn sprinkler the kids in the back seat the shopping cart (laughs) I'm not going to demonstrate any of those. Luckily, at the moment, for everyone, this is a podcast. Mm-hmm. Only Retro Denim Jacket really has to look at me demonstrate any of those.
1: I'm seeing a future Patreon <laughs> episode where we record ourselves doing those dance moves <laughs> for paid subscribers.
2: Oh, that it just sounds like it sounds so wrong. So anyway, I think the <laughs> biggest mixer that you're going to have, I mean, outside of Coke, sodas, things like that. Um, but the Biggest one you're going to have is tonic. Mm-hmm. And so I pose the question to you too. Can you have too many different types of tonics? I think... Heck no. Well,
1: you first then. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Sorry, Heritage Avocado Toast, please. Well,
2: I
0: would say at a certain point, yes, because you're almost assuredly not going to be using them frequently enough to warrant them taking up space on your bar. You can have too many. You only need one brand, and that's Fever Tree. We're not sponsored. They just make the best tonics and the best variety.
2: Yeah, we we could be sponsored.
0: Fever Tree, this could Fever be Tree, you. Please
2: sponsor <laughs> us. No, it's, it's not even
0: that expensive when you think. Like, oh, I could get a cheap bottle of tonic water or something to mix, and it, or you could pay. Just it's really just a little bit more, at least over here. Yeah, I'm not sure about the states.
1: They finally got it over here recently, like in the last couple of years, and it was a godsend. Oh, my brother must it's
0: be It's so worth it. It's, it's, it's just, it's a game changer. It makes your alcohol taste better. The flavors that come through.
2: Yeah. My one brother, he drinks tonic straight. He did when we were children. I don't know what it is about it.
0: This is also the smelly one.
2: Yes. He just... (laughs) Connection? Maybe he couldn't smell it. He, he's always loved the flavor of tonic.
0: I hope he listens to this.
2: Um, I hope so too. (laughs) (laughs) And... I remember the first time he had fever Treats, he was over here visiting us, and he was furious that they didn't sell it in the States at the time. But if you are a weirdo like him, then you do want to get a decent tonic. Mm -hmm. And I think also if you're going to have a decent alcohol to mix it with, you don't want to be mixing it with a cheap tonic. If you're going to get a flavored one, I would say that you want a flavor that's not going to overpower that's going to support the right. the main player which is usually the alcohol. Mm-hmm. I
0: think this is my risk my fear with having too many is you end up with with mixers that are like mango, passion fruit, b- banana, tobacco flavored mixers and you just don't need that anymore.
1: Sounds like a sounds like a perfume. I mean, mango tobacco sounds delicious. <laughs> I
0: think there's there's no there's no hope or convincing the people that uh, feel you cannot have too many.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would say, at a certain point, you can have too many on hand, and that's when you've filled up your flat and can no longer fit anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> when it's a fire escape hazard, <laughs> I,
1: I do
2: like to have a couple options, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the sure. summer, because it's a quick, easy thing to do a refreshing evening cocktail. But then you're going to want different tonics for that. Mm -hmm. So, different gins are going to be better with different tonics. Different Mm -hmm. vodkas will be better with different tonics.
1: Yeah, everything has its own bouquet and you need to kind of work with the tonic to match that up or complement it.
2: I don't like the ones that get too sweet Mm -hmm. because then we're pushing into the sodas. I like sodas as mixers,
1: but when I'm going for a tonic, I'm not reaching for a sweet one. No, no. Yeah, hot take from my end. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I strongly dislike diet tonic.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't mind the light sugar ones. Mm-hmm. Yep, those are fine. But the diet
1: ones, I don't like. No. It's the aspartame. It just feels like it coats my mouth. And I, to be fair, I don't drink diet soda either because of the same reason. Yep. But, oof, so bad.
2: Diet sodas, diet anything, artificial sweeteners, I can't do. Mm -hmm. It's got that, it's that, yeah, it's that something in your mouth. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, you'll be happy to know that um, there are plenty of low-carb alcoholic beverages uh, you can enjoy well on the keto diet or keto.
1: Oh, keto, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you going on a keto diet?
0: No, but Crystal Light is on the list.
1: Oh. You know what's interesting? If you're gluten intolerant, uh, one of the beers you can drink is Corona. It's made with corn. Interesting. Mm -hmm.
0: It's probably why I like it so much. I like the non-gluten-based alcohols.
1: You like gluten-free
2: alcohols? Yeah. I do like a good rice-based something. Oh, heck yeah.
0: And Sierra Nevada is made with minerals from the the Rocky Mountains, so...
2: going to keep on with this?
0: Yeah, I'm not letting it go. (laughs) Now,
2: (laughs) Speaking of mixers, while we continue on this conversation, we're actually going to live taste test a couple of, well... Fresh or denim jacket isn't, because we didn't warn her we were doing this. <laughs> Woof. Thanks. <laughs> I will say, this was a spur-of-the-moment purchase when we were in the shop today. Please, explain what it is. So, what I'm holding in my hand.
0: And it was at this moment the hipsters realized that the recording was going to require two sides of an album. So tune in next week for the thrilling conclusion on behalf of all the hipsters, I would like to thank you for tuning in today. Please remember to follow us, rate us, and visit us at hipsterathome.co.uk. Take care until next time.